0: you and i have a rendezvous
1: with destiny
0: we'll preserve for our children this the last best hope of man on earth or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness Darkness. this is always right radio on am 1420 the answer is your host bob France.
2: Okay, eight minutes after ten o'clock. Now we move into hour number two um, on this fourth morning of the tenth month, year of our Lord, twenty twenty-three. If you did not hear it, it's a bit of breaking news. Um, you 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 probably recall when they were trying to pick a speaker in January. They did not want Kevin McCarthy at the at the start. As a matter of fact, nor the second, nor third, nor fourth. It took fifteen votes in order for him to win. Um, uh, the, uh, the gavel and many people wanted Jim Jordan to be the speaker and Jim Jordan refused it. He did not want the gavel. He said, don't vote for me. And he got votes anyway. He wanted to be in charge of judiciary and, uh, and part of oversight because he wanted to do the investigative work that needed to be done. And uh, now that McCarthy is gone, I just had Jim Jordan on and uh, exclusively I got him to say that, yes, he would accept the gavel this time if his conference, if the conference, uh, the Republican conference chooses him and nominates him and uh, supports him, he would do it. So he'd be willing to give up his chairmanship of the Judiciary and Weaponization Subcommittee and uh, also his spot on the Oversight Committee to actually lead. It's a big deal. I heard him on Hannity last night. They tried to get an answer out of him, and he would not, he would not budge. This morning, he said, yeah, if the conference decides, he would be accepting of that uh, of that honor and that opportunity. So it's a big deal. So we'll come back to that. But right now, I want to pivot to another big deal. The Nobel Prize in Medicine has been awarded. We talked about this briefly, but I wanted to save most of what I had to say and what I want to ask for our upcoming guests. But the Nobel Assembly awarded the 2023 Prize in Physiology or Medicine to the two scientists who they say made inroads to the development of the COVID vaccine. Caitlin Carrico, if I'm saying the names correctly, uh, if I'm not, I don't really care, and Drew Wiseman. Have worked on messenger RNA research for decades, the story goes, enabling vaccine production to occur in less than a year from the date at which work began. So, in other words, the two scientists who brought you myocarditis on steroids and palsy and strokes and blood clots and deaths and a whole lot of other things um, have been rewarded for doing so. The man who was uh, one of the pioneers of the RNA technology, whose name is, uh, in fact, uh, on the patent for RNA technology, is Dr. Robert Malone. He did not get such an award. I wonder if he would take it if he was offered it. Dr. Robert Malone joins us now at AM 1420, the answer for some reaction to all of this. Dr. Malone, good to have you back here in Cleveland. How are you, sir?
1: Good. I hope uh, the weather is good and life is treating you well.
2: It is indeed, and I appreciate that. Uh, Although it changes here at the drop of a hat. We had 80 yesterday. It's going to be like 50 today. It's crazy. Um, So, Dr. Malone, uh, let me start there. Uh, Before I ask you about these doctors and about uh, about the Nobel Prize, or these researchers, rather, if your name had been included, because you were one of the pioneers of the RNA research, which we talked about with you in the past, and you've uh, made a lot of uh, revelations about, if your name had been included, would you want a Nobel Prize for what became the uh, COVID vaccinations?
1: Well, you've praised this well uh, because the prize was given for the COVID vaccinations, not for the platform technology and original discoveries. Mm -hmm. So they carefully kind of firewalled that or fenced that off, and it's just for the COVID-19 vaccines, which I have had no role in. So it's entirely appropriate that I'm not even mentioned because that's the scope of what they're awarding is for these mRNA vaccines uh, for SARS-CoV-2.
2: I can understand oh, right. why you would not want your name on these but because of our conversations and many of the others that I've heard you have. But yeah. their work well, but would the not have been is, possible without your is, work, right? Your your work was the predicate for these things just because of your RNA technology, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, Katie Carrico and Drew Weissman didn't actually start working on this at all until about 15 years after I finished working on it, just to give the timeline. Mm-hmm. And the the statement from the prize committee about this is a little misleading their first publication was in 2005. So um, if you want to call that decades, okay, but uh, not so much. Um, you know, the truth is, I talked about this with my wife yesterday. Uh, Nobel Prize is big bucks, and it basically sets you up uh, for big bucks for the rest of your life. Uh, you know, they're, they've they won the Nobel, the Lasker um and, uh, analogous prizes from the Israeli government and from, uh, the Spanish government. And they've, they've collected millions and millions of dollars in prize awards. So, uh, could I use the money? Of course. So could you. Um, but I, it's all, it's okay. The way they fence this off, I, I actually am glad they, the committee basically validated that Rico and Weissman did not come up with the technology or original proof of concept or anything else uh, by the way they awarded this. Um, so, uh, you know, I, you have to look for the silver lining and be a happy warrior and not get down in the dumps. Uh, and I've congratulated both of them in writing for uh, this award and their achievement. I think uh, coming across as uh, small vindictive in other ways or or you know expressing uh um various feelings about about the award it just that that doesn't go anywhere good it's just not it's not my brand
2: no i and you know i didn't expect it would be uh i didn't expect you would want your name on it or anything of that nature but it just kind of struck me as the fact that we're you know, what the Nobel Committee has done here, Dr. Malone, is they have rewarded people for, you know, this, this, you know, extraordinary development in short, a short period of time. President Trump's Operation Warp Speed of this, getting it done because of the research they had done before, et cetera, et cetera. As you say, kind of fencing it off is just the COVID vaccines. And in doing so, they're completely ignoring all of the evidence and all of the statistics of very significant and severe vaccine injury and death. Uh, the things that you that's talk true. about, the things that I've talked about, and um, and and I guess that's I, I don't know enough about the Nobel Prize Committee. Is it just about the scientific breakthrough, and therefore it's worth this, even if the outcome it, it, wasn't necessarily it, it, positive?
1: So this is this is a very unusual uh, award, okay. uh, as as was Obama's uh, Nobel Peace Prize. This is for medicine and physiology, not peace, um, and uh, the. Uh, kind of fencing it off like this and not acknowledging those that actually did the original production to practice and had the ideas is extremely unusual. It's worth looking at the uh press release and the statements the committee have made because they're full of basically uh let's say misinformation. I call it propaganda. Um Here's their key statement for their discoveries concerning nucleotide-based modifications that enabled the development of effective mRNA vaccines against COVID-19. They don't define what's effective, and notice they don't include the word safe. We always hear safe and effective, but safe is not listed here. And as you correctly point out, what really enabled the rapid development was the bypassing of regulatory norms under Operation Warp Speed and Emergency Use Authorization. And, uh, you know, to that point, the Sputnik vaccine from Russia was actually developed on the same timeline because of the same thing. The Russians dropped a lot of the norms in clinical research and preclinical research in order to get it out the door. And that was a kind of a traditional vaccine. So, So the truth is that these... Pseudouridine modifications, which are not enabling because CureVac gets perfectly good immune responses with them, their mRNA vaccines without using pseudouridine, um, had nothing to do with the timeline. And as you say, the vaccines are not effective. And to cut to the chase, Pfizer is a major donor of the Karolinska Institute, and the committee. Uh, that makes these decisions and the nomination process were revised last year, uh, and um, and the Karolinska uh, decided in this case to make this award uh, in without disclosing that the Karolinska has a major donor called Pfizer. So, uh, you know, it's, it's highly unusual. Uh, a lot of the just, really almost all the justification that's provided is, uh, let's say, not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, and the, uh, there certainly is a strong appearance of conflict of interest. And mm-hmm. given that so much of what is being asserted here is not true, you have to, to raise the question. Uh, whether this really reflects the science or it reflects other things. A key statement in their press release from the the Nobel Prize Selection Committee was that, quote, the vaccines have saved millions of lives and prevented severe disease and many more. Actually, the data coming out now are not consistent with that. Uh, the all-cause mortality jumps after the vaccines are deployed, And data from all over the world now is demonstrating that these vaccines make people more likely to become infected or hospitalized. That's called negative effectiveness between three and seven months after they're administered. So, you know, this is the statements from the Nobel committee are not scientifically valid. Uh, And then that raises the question, why did they do this?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a very, very important point. And, it, that's exactly why those of us who were skeptical and apprehensive and remained so after the rollout were uh, were so, because the data cannot be known on long-term effectiveness and long-term side effects until the long term of time has passed, and it hadn't. And now here we are three years on, and you're finding some of these things out uh, that that we were very much worried about. I want to share um, a, a couple of lines here. I don't know Dr. Malone. We're talking with Dr. Robert Malone. Um, I don't know if this was in the press release from the Nobel Committee, or if this is just the National Review uh, talking about it, but I want to get your thoughts on it. Scientists believe the developments Carrico and Weissman's kickstarted have the potential to one day inoculate humans against diseases like cancer. In fact, in May 2023, a group of scientists building on this mRNA work reported a vaccine against pancreatic cancer in, uh, instigated an immune response in half of the patients treated and those who showed such a response did not endure a relapse of their cancer over the course of the study. As again, one of the pioneers of the RNA technology, do you are you aware of that kind of application?
1: Um this is the application that Moderna was founded to create and they uh repeatedly failed. Uh I've I've got thirty years under my belt plus of biotech and hype and nucos and all of this. And the cancer keeps coming around and around and around, particularly cancer immunotherapy. And we all hope that it advances and succeeds, but the truth is that the history has been littered with these uh, press releases and promises and uh, new companies founded, et cetera, that fail again and again and again because they are not able to achieve uh, what they tell their investors they're going to achieve. So I'm I'm pretty wary about these uh, statements about curing cancer. Uh, Of course, we've heard it from Mr. Biden. Uh, And um, and history has not been kind to those that have been making these kinds of statements. But any, you know, we we don't know. We can't predict what the future is. But to date, uh, the technology has not uh, supported that. Uh, very significantly Uh, and the pancreatic cancer study that you're referring to is, you know, the key clause there is over that period. Right. Um, One of the things about the use of pseudouridine is that it's intentionally immunosuppressive and uh, that may have something to do with some of the adverse effects associated with these mRNA vaccines but Immunosuppression in cancer is a very bad idea, but that's why it was done, was to suppress the immune response against the synthetic mRNA. Uh, That's the whole logic here. And uh, Rico and Weissman have four papers demonstrating that this happens. But uh, the biology of pseudouridine is still very much not understood, but it is absolutely... uh, demonstrated by kareko and weissman that this modification they've introduced which makes for a synthetic rna not a real rna
2: natural rna
1: um, is absolutely immunosuppressive that's why they did it and that's how it acts
2: dr malone last question for you um, according to the most recent survey this one was done by kaiser the kaiser family foundation of American adults say they will probably not or definitely not get the new COVID vaccine. Uh twenty-three percent say they definitely will get the new booster that is available this month, or actually just became available last month. Another twenty-three percent probably will. It's divided on political lines, as you can imagine. Seventy percent of Democrats saying they're doing it, twenty-four percent of Republicans say they're gonna do it. My question for you is what is your read on this latest uh vaccine or this latest booster of the uh you know, to, to deal with the subvariant that they say doctors cannot distinguish from the common cold.
1: Right. And that booster vaccine was actually purchased by the government in advance last uh, early summer, late spring. And it's designed against the, quote, Kraken variant. Remember that really scary one that had everybody dying in the streets and hospitals filling up? And no, none of that happened. Okay, And Kraken is gone. It's outcompeted. Uh, by ERIS, E-R-I-S, the currently circulating strain, which as you point out is a very benign version of Omicron. Uh, and so the government and, uh, the industry and their academic supporters have done backflips to try to convince us that by doing a assay which has no predictive value for protection, that is, neutralization using mouse serum, of vaccinated mice neutralization of viruses they've never shown us the data by the way uh
2: but they that, did admit they yeah. did admit right the only thing i think they tested 20 mice they tested this new uh, vaccine Correct. no human trials at all none
1: yeah so uh, as joe latipo pointed out from the state of florida in which he advised floridians not to take the product um this is all highly unusual and furthermore the medical emergency is clearly expired as of, I think it's May 11th uh, by presidential command. Uh, So I've done the deep dive. I don't think the FDA had the authority to uh, issue emergency use authorization to this new product because we no longer have a medical emergency. And that's why I say the FDA has gone rogue, that and many other reasons. They just no longer seem to have the need to comply with the law, with their own, uh, guidance regulations, um, with congressional intent. They basically are, are lawless now. They will do whatever they deem, uh, politically expedient to do. And the fact that government bought these and now they have to market them in some way, that's what's really going on here is the government cooperating with pharma and the likes of Scott Gottlieb, who's a member of the board of directors of Pfizer and also uh, an advisor to the CIA, um, are busy in a mass marketing campaign, just like we've seen before, to get Americans to accept a mismatched vaccine product, which, by the way, they're having problems manufacturing and supplying.
2: Dr. Robert Malone knows this stuff inside and out. It's why we went back to him the moment we saw the uh, Nobel Prize being awarded for, to the, uh, to the uh, uh, researchers who gave us the COVID vaccine that gave so many other people some uh, less than desirable results. It's, uh, it's extraordinary. Dr. Malone, thank you for coming on with us. Thank you for continuing to be the voice of sanity in all of this. We appreciate you very much, and we hope to talk soon.
1: Thanks for having me on. And, again, I hope it's a great day there in Cleveland. And to you
2: as well. Thank you. There's Dr. Robert Malone. We'll take a time out now. It's 10:26. Always right radio. We've got breaking news this morning. Jim Jordan confirmed on this program that he would accept the gavel if the conference committee, uh the Republican conference uh in the House wants him to do so. It's a big deal. We'll talk more about that. We're going to talk to Jonas Schultz about that and also about his run for the State House. That's coming up too.
0: Stay here on Always Right Radio.